Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. This is episode 23, and I'm talking all about why we need a trauma-sensitive approach to tuning in to our intuition. Before we get into this week's episode, I have a really exciting announcement for you, and that is that I'm leading a free live online series to empower you to hear your inner voice. It all starts Wednesday, October 14th. These sessions empower you to stop second guessing your intuition because I know you do that. (laughs) You have strong intuition, but you second guess it all the time. We're going to stop that. We're going to empower you to know the difference between intuition and fear, which is one of the top uh, challenges that people have when they connect to their intuition and to hear your heart's unique voice because it does have a uniqueness to it. We'll all gather online on Zoom, and I'll lead you through a combination of practices, lecture, and some time for Q&A. This is a really nice opportunity to have a taste of what it's like to be a part of my life-changing intuition development program, Intuition 101, and what it's like to be in any of my online programs. All of the details can be found on my website. Just head on over to www.marcymoberg, M-A-R-C-I, M-O-B as in boy, E-R-G as in George.com and click join my three-part series. It's a little button right at the top of the homepage, join my three-part series, and you can join us starting on October 14th. I can't wait to see you and I can't wait to gather live together. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hi, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm really grateful that you're here today and excited that you're joining me for a topic that is very close to my heart. We need a cultural overhaul in many areas absolutely for sure, (laughs) for many reasons. But the one piece that I want to specifically focus on today is bringing more awareness of trauma sensitivity and care to um, trauma-related needs in how we develop our intuition. It's something I have increasingly over the last several years become very passionate about and have incorporated in my own client work and a lot of how I teach classes, uh, lead programs. And that is because in case you don't know this about me, I am a many time trauma survivor from childhood um, into adulthood. I have experienced both chronic ongoing trauma and also single incident trauma. And I'm also a highly sensitive person and an empath. Oh, and I also have dealt with chronic illness in my life because I have Lyme disease. So there's quite a um, quadfecta, is that it? Quadfecta um, that I have in my life, like all these concentric circles of chronic illness and trauma survivor, highly sensitive person, empath, these different pieces that feed together that have taught me over time that I really need to care for my nervous system. And I need to bring my nervous system front and center in my personal life in my professional life and in my spiritual life. Basically in everything I do, my nervous system and the status of my nervous system and care and nourishment for my nervous system has become essential. 
And I think that that's really important to do when we start to open up to our intuition. And I don't see that kind of care in how some people are taught about intuition and in how some people practice intuition. And for people who kind of don't have maybe the certain level of sensitivity and don't have um, any experience with trauma in their background, that totally can work. But, you know, the, the new age kind of love and light community, I think that's really pushed a lot of these, uh, in, like a lot of the awareness of intuition, which has been wonderful. But a lot of that push has really come with a lot of spiritual bypassing and this practice of really, in essence, chasing the bliss and glossing over the difficult and an attempt to kind of drown out the challenges in life. And also, I just think sometimes a lack of awareness around the different needs that come up with a nervous system that is highly sensitive, a nervous system that is highly empathic, a nervous system that is uh, a survivor of trauma and a nervous system that, that has chronic illness, which in and of itself is kind of like this experience of kind of like these micro kind of long-term kind of trauma experience. So, you know, in many ways, some, some folks in the, in the new age love and light community, they may just not have direct personal experience with trauma, which is hard for me to understand because I, (laughs) I feel like all the people that are close to me in my life and the uh, kind of people that I serve in my client work and that have become uh, participants in my programs generally have some level of trauma in their background. But I do know that those people exist. I do know they exist. Um, So in some sense, there's this recognition of, well, maybe part of how people aren't, haven't really spoken to this is, um, is because maybe there's not direct personal experience with it. And then the second piece is, maybe the reason why this isn't always spoken about or acknowledged or built into how people learn specific kinds of skills and competencies and approach things, even from something as simple as meditation, is because the people that are leading these practices haven't done their own deep inner work to address their own healing. Um, And that's essential. That's essential. Now, in order to really tune into your intuition, and just again, so we're all on the same page, intuition, I'm talking about your personal, like your inner voice, that wise voice inside of you. I'm talking about spirit guides. I'm talking about your well ancestors. I'm talking about uh, tuning into that intuitive channel to connect to anything that's um, you know well and good for you and aligned for you on uh, the unseen realms, also including things like communication with plants, et cetera, et cetera, plants, mountains, stones, land, yada, yada. <laughs> um, anything that's basically, a, we could say anything that's other than human that we're having some communication with, or that, um, it's really when we're doing that, we're kind of transcending, um, a sense of matter and connecting to something that is much more spirit soul forming, we could say. So anytime we're doing that, and if you fall into any of these categories, like you are a highly sensitive person or empath, trauma, 
you really need to care for your nervous system and that needs to be essential. It needs to be a priority. And for many of us, that's a skill set we need to learn. That certainly has been the case for me. And it was a skill set that I didn't get to learn when I was in a lot of spiritual circles over the last, you know, 14 years or so. I had the opportunity to be with a lot of different spiritual communities. And while I gained a lot of really beautiful gems from them, I didn't get this skill set and wisdom and knowledge about my nervous system. That's something that I really had to get um, through weaving my experience of working for many, many years uh, with my um, main mentor, who is a trauma therapist and um, doing work with somatic experiencing practitioner and um, I mean, so many things, courses, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was something that I had to really kind of learn, um, we could say in parallel to my spiritual path. And it's something that I have become really, really passionate about because I, I don't, I, I don't think that opening up to my intuition safely would have happened. And there were experiences where I felt like my opening up in my path to my intuition didn't feel safe, but I didn't have an understanding of why. And it's because of this nervous system piece. Um, and so I got very passionate about it and it's something that I incorporate in everything that I do. I try to incorporate this work around the nervous system. And caring for our nervous system is essential because it does the balanced work of acknowledging that we are both human and spirit, both. If we're opening up to our intuition, it's really a practice of reintegrating a half of us, uh, the spirit part of us, that maybe we've neglected in our modern culture. We've forgotten about or generally even worse, we've kind of denied and pushed down and criticized. So when we're opening up to our intuition, we're, we're reintegrating that part of ourselves, but it's not at the expense of the human side. It's not at the expense of that part of us. For example, if you're sitting down to meditate and you are looking to kind of tune into yourself, but you're doing so in a way that's not caring for the fact that for various reasons, your nervous system is pretty revved up. You could unintentionally, without that awareness, actually sit down to meditate and then suddenly you start to feel way more, way, 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 way more anxious. And the general instruction that a lot of people will give in that experience is just to stay with it. And that's not always the best idea. There are some very specific skills that we need um, and a sense of benchmarks inside of ourselves that we need to monitor to say, at what point is this anxiety something that I can perhaps create a greater container for inside of my awareness and therefore that anxiety feels supported and at what point am I experiencing something like flooding where then anxiety is becoming so big that I don't feel or notice anything else 
that's a very important distinction. And that's with a very simple kind of like foundational technology of meditation and sitting to kind of maybe gently still the mind uh, or settle the energy. And so when you're kind of coming into a place where you're starting to do a practice of doing something more complicated than that, like not just coming into a deeper connection with your core, but actually having communication with the center of yourself, communication with your soul, communication with spirit guides, and the ability to discern whether what you're tuning into is in alignment with your highest good or not, whether what you're tuning into is actually well and healthy or maybe unwell and kind of gnarly and you shouldn't be tuning into that. And maybe it's not a great idea to spend a lot of time building a relationship with that. You know, to be able to make those discernments, we need to have the foundational piece of when you sit down um, to start to tune in, you're able to be aware of where is your nervous system. So when we actually start to care for our nervous system, we put our nervous system front and center in how we meditate, front and center in how we tune into ourselves, front and center in how we navigate communications with spirit guides and ancestors and people related to past lives and the stones and the plants and the animals and all the beings and angels that we can communicate with, we get a much stronger intuitive channel. It's clearer. And ultimately, this strategy really empowers us to protect the very tender parts of ourselves uh, that can come up when we do intuitive work. Because let's be real, intuitive work is is very vulnerable. It it can be very vulnerable to, um, in a sense, there's a softening of some control. There's an opening of receptivity. Anytime we're kind of softening a little bit of control and opening to a more of a receptive um, way of receiving or being in the world, that's very, that is naturally very vulnerable because there's a certain guard that starts to come down and soften inside of ourselves. So when we take care for our nervous system, it allows us to, to, to really protect the tender parts of ourselves it allows us to not unintentionally go into a place of override where we're overriding where our limits and our boundaries are. And it allows us to care for any inner children, for example, that, or teens that may get really scared along the way, nervous. Um, they may get angry. It allows us to care for all these different parts of ourselves in a really tender way when we say, my nervous system matters. Like what's happening in my nervous system at a very primal level? What's happening with my survival system is like number one. And that is what I pay attention to and care for. This strategy of tending to our nervous system also empowers us to well, really to prevent us from spiritual bypassing. So it's an anecdote to spiritual bypassing because we recognize that what's happening for us in our physiological and emotional body is essential to how we move forward with our spiritual body. And when we do that, we no longer leave the human part of us behind. We bring the human part of us along the journey. And that is how you can, in the end, have a grounded 
when you hear the, when people talk about having grounded, being grounded, that is how you ground your intuition. That is like, if you could imagine like you, when you do that, instead of just becoming this tree that's reaching towards the sky and the heavens, but has no roots and eventually could potentially topple over because you're growing up, 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 but you have no connection down. When you care for your nervous system, that's like you are allowing your roots to grow deep and to draw very rich nourishment from the soil as you continue to reach your branches up and open your intuitive channels. Hey there, do you want your unique path guided by the power of your intuition? Who wouldn't? I'm assuming that that's important to you because you're here listening to this podcast. So I really hope that you will join me for my free online masterclass starting Wednesday, October 14th. There'll be three online and completely live, no pre-recorded sessions where we will join together for practical exercises, lectures, and opportunity for you to ask me your questions. Together, I am looking to empower you to stop second-guessing your intuition because self-doubt is one of the number one obstacles to our intuition, to discern and know for yourself the difference between your fear and your intuition, and to hear your heart's unique voice so you can really hear your heart's guidance. You can join me by heading over to marcymoberg.com, www.marcymoberg.com. Go to the top of the page and click join my three-part masterclass. I can't wait for you to join me and I'll see you on Wednesday, October 14th. Okay, let's now talk about some of the real struggles and challenges that come when we don't care for our nervous system, when we don't put our nervous system front and center as a sensitive person, as an empath, or as a trauma survivor, when tuning in. So I, I spoke a little bit about this in, in the first part of this pod, this episode, this podcast episode, and that is about the challenge of meditating. And we can really have a hard time meditating when we don't care for our nervous system because the nervous system can be in an activated state and unable to disengage with the wider world around us, like the sights, the sounds, the activity around us. So if you ever, for example, start to sit down to meditate and you find that every single sound always pulls you out of your meditation and you are, uh, it's not your first time meditating ever. No, if it's your first time meditating, it's a different story, right? You need like, you probably just need to practice some certain skills. (laughs) But if, you're, uh, if you've been meditating for a while and you find that you're sitting down and sometimes when you're sitting down, like different sounds are constantly pulling you out or it's almost like you're like one part of you is trying to meditate and another part of you is like hovering in the other room, curious about what your, your partner or your roommate is doing or your dog or whatever that is. Like you're, there's like a part of you that's kind of constantly monitoring you might notice upon further expiration, if you're really having a hard time settling down into the meditation, upon further investigation, you might discover that your nervous system is actually extremely activated. 
uh, has a low level of anxiety is almost experiencing like maybe like a very low level of what we could say like a hypervigilance. Like there's a part of you that's constantly scanning the environment. And that can happen for a lot of reasons. It could be chronic stress. It could be that you've had a long period of time where your sleep's kind of getting disrupted. It could be that you just haven't had, you haven't been taking care to kind of slow down and, and recenter or even just notice that that. So you kind of maybe have like a backlog of um, a part of you kind of feeling activated. Whatever the reason is, when we don't care for our nervous system, that can happen. And then sometimes, you know, when I used to teach meditation, like foundations of meditation earlier in my teaching career, I noticed that one of the first things that people would do is really beat themselves up for these kind of experiences and get really frustrated with themselves or be a lot of judgment, like self-judgment about the fact that, you know, these sights and sounds in the room around them are constantly pulling them out. And, you know, when you're first starting to develop the skill, the instruction is, of course, to continue to bring your awareness back to wherever you're focused. And that's true and it's good instruction. However, if the nervous system needs something else, like maybe fundamentally your nervous system needs to know, like your body, your human animal body, needs to know that you're safe and that no one's going to walk in the room and interrupt your meditation, et cetera, et cetera. Like at, at like a core level, a part of you needs to know you're safe. Then that is essential to take care for that, to care for that part first before you try to meditate. Because then I guarantee you, if you care for that sense of safety, then suddenly whew, the nervous system settles and then suddenly you're a pretty good meditator. <laughs> um, so that's really important because a lot of times people can end up judging themselves about this piece. And a lot of times, especially if you are someone who's been trying to meditate, you've been meditating for a while, it, it really has nothing to do with the fact of you're a quote unquote good or bad meditator. First of all, there's no good or bad meditator, but if you're struggling with meditation, um, there can be a, a a recognition that part of that is that your nervous system needs a different level of attention, skill, and care in order to tune in. Another example that I've seen come up is tuning into a spirit guide and having a really hard time maintaining a clear connection. And maybe the connection seems to like come and go, come and go, come and go. Or the connection is constantly changing. You know, like the the guide shows up as one form and then it changed to another form and then another form and then another form. It keeps like, just keep changing. Or it's almost like when you're driving with your cell phone and you're going through mountains and the reception kind of keeps going in and out. That's another example of what this can look like. And again, <laughs> if people always end up with the same story, like, oh, I'm just really bad at this, or they'll just have a lot of stories around judgment. Again, maybe what's happening here is that your nervous system is activated. Maybe your nervous system is not sure whether to trust this connection or not. And so let's spend some time taking care to support the parts of yourself that are activating your nervous system and let them know, hey, this is a safe space and, to, and, and have some protocol in place 
that creates that sense of safety, that creates that sense of, first of all, trust inside of yourself to be able to guide the process. And then second of all, to be able to, front, once you have that trust with yourself, you can then therefore much more easily extend it to your guides. So this is, this is essential. The other experience that I see happen is that when we don't tend to our nervous system, we can experience confusing intuitive messages and encounters. So for example, we may be building off of what I just said before, we may never trust well spirit guides. So we may actually receive really important direct messages from our guides and or our soul. Like the, our, so we hear like this deep resonance inside of us, an important message, and then we don't trust it. Again, that can come down to potentially what's happening here is your nervous system needs some care. Or you can have the opposite happening where you're just literally, you're so like, you're so cracked open and kind of overriding uh, your boundaries because maybe you don't have a history of learning how to navigate, uh, navigate like kind of like dimmer switch. I like to talk about dimmer switches a lot, you know, dimmer switch of like kind of having this capacity to decide and change and regulate and titrate your boundaries. And so sometimes what I see happen is the opposite. It's either people don't trust anything that comes through (laughs) or they're so wide open uh, that they will trust any spirit guide or ancestor that shows up at their doorstep, either in their waking life with messages and or in their dreams. And that's also not supportive because we need to be able to have some discernment, not, uh, this is again, where I really, really differ with the kind of new age spiritual community that talks about love and light. I don't believe that all spirit, that there are, that all of the spirits are in essence, love and light. I do believe that there are spirits and energies that are extremely unwell and extremely harmful and should not be engaged with. If like, no, (laughs) there are some spirits and and people that would, you know, energies that would want to guide you um, that are a clear no. And there are are likely some people in your ancestry line that are a clear no, at least as for now, to working with because they're not safe. And it's just like you wouldn't leave your door wide open and let any random human that wants to walk through that doorway come into your house We need to have some discernment, but in order to start to develop the discernment and start to really understand that, again, for me, I believe it starts to really come back to the foundations of what's happening with the nervous system. Sometimes what I see happen is that people will have difficult dreams or a difficult spirit encounter, and it can be really hard to discern whether that uh, scary dream or that encounter with a spirit or guide that sparked fear, it can be very hard to discern whether that is personal fear or like gnarly energy that you should definitely draw boundaries with. And part of what makes that hard to discern is, is the nervous system. If your nervous system is really activated, if parts of you are kind of like lit up in, in different ways and on more alert you could be filtering your intuitive experience 
through a filter of fear and activation. In other words, you could be filtering that experience through a filter of trauma and not realize that. Whereas maybe if you did some work to uh, address the, the nervous system, help to support it to feel really safe and grounded, and you know, slowly over time kind of open up, then you might discover that actually what was trying to communicate with you is, is actually great and in alignment with your highest good and totally serving of you. And also at the same time, sometimes I see the opposite. If somebody's nervous system is really activated all the time, then sometimes they, they because they're so used to things in their life being filtered through a lens of fear, then they kind of override that and they don't necessarily pick up on the signal. So they, I have had people come to me who are, you know, engaging, trying to create relationships with certain guides or energies. And it's very clear to me when they bring it to me, like that's a, that's a gnarly energy. I I would not try to communicate with that. No, I'll never forget one time I had a client tell me that they had this energy in, in their personal space and it made the, the hair on their arms like stand up. Like it didn't feel good. It was very clear. She, she had gifts to be able to sense when spirits were in her space. So she had this knowing that something was like kind of hanging out in an area of her, her apartment. And she just had like a sense of like, oh, this is like her, the hair on her, hair on her arms were standing up. Didn't feel good. Um, and one of her friends had come over and they had had an experience and that that person's perception of what was going on was, oh, because they are coming from maybe more of a love and light framework was like, oh, no, this this spirit is maybe kind of fine, maybe more neutral. You, you can totally communicate with them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then this person, my client's, you know, nights, like sleep and everything started getting more disrupted and they started feeling a lot of fear. So you know, when they brought this to me and they had described the situation and the greater context of everything that had happened from like what was happening in their dreams, the context of like the topics of their dreams, how their body was feeling, all these pieces. For me, it was really clear. Like this energy is not good. You need to clear this from the space. You need to not engage and you need to lovingly say no. Um, no, this is not something you entertain. But that's another, that's like a really good example of where um, people's discernments can be can kind of be off because if you you kind of feel like you're maybe you tend to be a more anxious person, which a lot of us who are sensitives are, raising my hand here. <laughs> Those of us who tend to be more anxious, like we may filter our experience through fear, so then we may unintentionally override our knowing. And again, that's really important. And I see that some of the repair of that comes with some nervous system work. Another one is around signs and synchronicity. So it's kind of in a similar example. There's these polar opposites where there are some people I see that um, make everything out to be a sign and synchronicity when there's maybe not really a synchronicity happening there and or kind of dismissing really, really, really obvious signs and synchronicities. Again, this kind of comes back to the bedrock of the foundation of, you know, questions of trust and questions of safety around information and uh, so many pieces of, uh, of like, yeah, it really comes down to safety because maybe sometimes you're seeking 
um, you're constantly seeking validation outside of yourself through the through signs and synchronicities. I do signs and synchronicities exist. I believe in them. I teach about them in my programs. I'm an advocate for them. They're real. And not everything is a sign and synchronicity. Again, this is another area where I really differ from a lot of the new age community. I don't believe everything is signs and synchronicities. I think there are a lot of factors that go into whether something is a sign or a synchronicity. And part of, uh, part of what you know, goes into that and being able to discern that is creating a sense of confidence and safety and trust in yourself to be able to discern that and recognize when a synchronicity is happening or not and not needing to make synchronicities where they don't exist in service of validating yourself, if you, like looking for external validation, if you're feeling uh, like a low, you know, immune, not immune, well, it could affect your immune system, but a low self-esteem is what I mean. And again, some of, it's not the whole solution, but some of what can support those pieces is again, having greater awareness of what's happening in our nervous system and recognizing if there's a sign and synchronicity happening and you recognize that, but at the same time, you're, you're, you tune into yourself and you're in a really graspy kind of sticky place. That's interesting. You know, that's interesting. It's not to invalidate that, but it's to say, well, okay, let me pause and let me give this some time. Let me give this some space. Let me see if this message comes through again. Let me see if this is repeated in a different way, etc. So there are ways that you can validate something like that if you notice you're in a sticky situation. But first, you really need to be aware of what's happening in your nervous system in the first place. So in the end, what am I really saying? Um, I'm saying it's time to develop some awareness of what's happening in your nervous system. And really, uh, my recommendation of how you can start to slowly do that is just start to pay attention to what's physiologically, physiologically happening in your system. There can be signs that are showing up in your mind as well. If you find yourself, for example, in a lot of negative looping, it's likely that your nervous system is in a more activated state. So good to know. Maybe that's then a time to uh, slow down and uh, take, take a little bit of time and connect to yourself. If you notice that you are in a kind of a quote-unquote negative Nancy mode, also your nervous system might be kind of more activated and and. Uh, not as grounded as might be supportive for you. If you are having, uh, you know, heart racing or tension in the body, all these different pieces can give you signs of what's happening in the nervous system. And in essence, what I'm just inviting you to do is to start to tune in to what's happening on the human side of you before you cross the bridge to the spirit side. It's really, really important. And it doesn't have to be like a long process but just even if you bring a little bit more awareness to that, it will really, really stabilize your intuitive connection enormously, enormously. If you are interested in learning more about how to do some of this and, and learning a process of how to develop your intuition in a really grounded way, then 
you watch this space because my uh, program that happens a couple times a year, my Intuition 101 program, that is my foundational program on intuition development, uh, the doors to that will be opening very, very soon. So keep your eyes uh, peeled, listening. If you're not already on my email list, join me there. And um, that, that opportunity will be opening soon. I thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope that you take some insights and ahas um, away with, with you from this episode in your heart. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care of yourself and remember that being you takes courage. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. Thank you.